You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture this morning is from John 14, verses 18 through 21. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, God. Don't you let that dog piss on my walkway. He has no idea who's doing that. Well, it was one of you. let that little red dog piss on my walkway again. Ignore him, Prince. He has no idea who's doing that. Well, it was one of you. Get out of here. You cannot use this road without a permit. Have a nice day, sir. You know, the other guys don't do this. The guys with the white trucks. How come it's always you brown guys? And I don't mean that racially. I'm sorry you didn't get him here earlier. The whole neighborhood is falling apart these days. No, 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 stop! Oh my god. Give me the keys. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Otto. Otto? O T T O. I'm Abby. O T T O. Got some new neighbors. Bye. Nedwood husband. I brought you some food. Okay. Bye. Are you always this unfriendly? I am not unfriendly. Okay, you're not. Every word you say is like a warm cuddle. Can you please give me a ride? I don't have a license. You don't have a driver's license? How old are you? Punch in and brake. Brake, the car is stopped. Don't hit the car. Brake, brake. I almost hit the car. It's all right. It's hybrid. Well, it's all right. How did you get in here? Oh, no, no. You are not taking over my bed. I was wondering if you could help us out. I'm not sure about this. It's going to be very fun. How was it? You did a good job. You should pat yourself on the back. I have a cat. You think you have to do everything on your own? But guess what? No one can. A trick? Yeah. Could I borrow a coin? What did you do? Henry backs the corner. It was all the clown's fault. Uh, before I begin the sermon, one of the themes in the movie is suicide. And I want to just 
remind you that if you or someone you know is struggling with depression or suicide, you can always reach out to us here at the church or call 988, and that's 24 hours, seven days a week that that line is available and you can receive help. And now let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know what it's like. You plan something in advance. You have an idea of how it'll go. You expect certain things to happen, and you think everything is set, and you're counting on it. And then something or someone interferes, like the email wasn't clear enough, or the movie wasn't fully downloaded, or the tickets aren't ready, and soon a packed movie theater has people just sitting there until finally things come together. Okay, the movie starts 45 minutes late. At least there were no previews. And thanks to George Moore, we got free popcorn. And it's maybe not so bad to sit and talk to church friends. Patience is a virtue, after all. We had an interesting night, an interesting start to our movie experience. Now, the movie, A Man Called Otto, has a somewhat similar plan. Otto makes plans, and people interfere with his plans. Now, Otto is a sad and grumpy man. I have to tell you, it's weird to see Tom Hanks play a sad and grumpy man, but he does it well. He's not very nice because he's living in grief. His wife, his everything, has died six months uh, earlier, and he feels he has no reason to live. And so he tries several times to end his life, but each time he does, someone interrupts with a need that, he can fill. And so he stops, his plans are derailed, and it's not what he expects. Now, this was a good movie. It was a sweet movie, but it was also a hard movie. Grief is real. It is hard. And when we love someone so very much, that love becomes a big presence in our lives, even the biggest presence in our life, and it becomes a part of who we are. And so we don't just move on when they die. The grief is always with us. And that's where Otto is. At the beginning of the movie, he's there. He doesn't want to live without his wife, Sonia. He's angry and he's sad and he's alone. Now, some movies are hard to find a spiritual theme, a faith connection. Not so much with this one. In fact, there are several. But the thing that I saw throughout, the thing that stood out to me, is the way that God kept breaking in to to Otto's life. Now, of course, this was not a faith-based movie, and at no point does Otto recognize God's work in his life. But there are subtle suggestions that his wife, who keeps keeps reaching out to him, and for the movie's sake, maybe that's so, but for our sake... All of these different interruptions serve as reminders that God is always with us. 
Now, we don't always see this. We don't always recognize God at work, especially when we're experiencing hardship, grief, when we feel abandoned, alone, like we want to give up. In those moments, though, God comes to us. For Otto, it was through his neighbor, Marisol, a young woman who was, in Otto's words, married to a nitwit. They had two young daughters and a baby on the way, and she won't give up on Otto. She dishes everything right back at him, and clearly she needs him in her life. So she keeps coming to him, and he begrudgingly responds. It's also through uh, Sonia's former student, Malcolm, a transgender youth who was kicked out by his father and needs someone to see him and believe in him, and somehow this grumpy old man does. It's through the cat that he befriends and his estranged best friend who's being kicked out of his house, through a man that he saves when he's fallen on the train tracks, and through Marisol's little girls who call him Abuelo Otto, Grandpa Otto. In a movie, it's easy to see all the ways that his plans are interrupted, all the ways we might see that God interrupted Otto's plans, but it's not always easy in our life. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten a phone call when you really needed it? Has someone sent you a note when you needed cheering up and you opened it just at the right moment? Has a friend ever walked with you through a devastating time? Or maybe, maybe a song came on the radio, one that means something to you, and it lifts you up and gives you hope. This is how God works through others. I was recently discouraged. You know, Christianity is often criticized. We Christians don't always practice what we preach, and we can come off as bullies. We can be exclusive and judgmental. I know that, and I agree with that criticism. Sometimes we do come off that way. But I came upon a critique that was hard, and it just hurt. That Christians believe in a God who only serves them, a God who magically takes away some pain and not others. They pray thinking that God will magically do and fix things. It's a delusional fairy tale. Certainly Christians can feel like God is our God and God serves our will, even though we know that God loves all people and that we are made in God's image, not the other way around. But to say that prayer is for God to do things our way, even though that may be our hope, and that faith is a fairy tale, demonstrates a superficial understanding of prayer and of faith. As Christians, we are a people who believe that God works in us, that God is present and God is a loving God. And we know this through scripture and through experience, that God works. God works through people, the people who reach out to us when we are hurting, through doctors and therapists and counselors, through friends and small groups who surround us with love. God works through prayer that brings peace and relationship. God works through scripture to bring us a message of hope. These are the ways that God brings healing. This is what it is, what it's about. The scripture that was read, John 14, parts of it are read at funerals often, and the 
It's a scripture where the disciples are confused. They're worried for their future. They're not sure what will happen to them. And Jesus tells his disciples that he will always be with them. In fact, earlier in the scripture, he says that he's going to send the advocate to be there in his place. That is, in fact, the Holy Spirit. We, too, can be confused, scared, uncertain like the disciples. The Holy Spirit is God present in our lives, God in us. It was several years ago uh, when my son Ben was little, he was four or five, and I know that I shared this story with you back then because uh, it really spoke to me. We were here in Clarkston, and it was nighttime, it was bedtime, and he and I were talking, and he said to me, Mom, how can I get a picture of my heart? And so I started to talk about ultrasounds and how you do this, and I'm like, why does this four-year-old want to know what? And finally I said, why? what do you mean? Why do you want a picture of your heart? And he said that um, he wanted to see Jesus in his heart. He learned here at church that Jesus is in his heart. The Holy Spirit is Jesus in our heart. You know that feeling of complete peace that you feel in worship or outside on a beautiful day and, or in front of a fire all cozy and warm or at the beach with the sun and the waves? That's the Holy Spirit. You know that nudging that you feel, that feeling within you that makes you pick up the phone or send a text or read a book or join a Bible study or volunteer to serve? That's the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had a conversation, maybe a difference in opinion? You're disagreeing and you're talking and you're working and then you start to find common ground and you feel lighter. That's the Holy Spirit. You know what it feels like to see your gifts being used, to offer yourself and your talents and to make a difference. That's the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who comes to us in the, in the face of a neighbor like Marisol, who won't give up on us, who loves us in spite of ourselves, who makes us a part of their family and helps us to move forward. It's the Holy Spirit who comes to us in the face of a young person like Malcolm who needs our help who moves us to compassion and who sees good in us when we don't see it in ourselves. The Holy Spirit comes to us through cats and birds and songs on the radio. The Holy Spirit is at work interrupting our plans and imposing God's plans. Otto's plans to end his life kept getting interrupted. And so did his everyday life from a need for driving lessons or a place to stay, for help in the face of gentrification, Otto rose to each occasion, and his desire to no longer live began to go away. He began to see that there was still life for him to live. Grief was always with him. Grief doesn't ever disappear, but it can get easier. Otto saw that he could love and be loved by other people, not just Sonia, and that he could have a family, and that he could share Sonia's memory with them. The more good he did, the happier he became, the more joy began to creep into his heart, and his grumpiness was interrupted. That's the Holy Spirit, too. God is present. God is active in our lives. God brings good into bad, brings healing and hope. And when we open ourselves 
to others, to the good around us, to the possibilities, to the Holy Spirit, we see God working and we know we are loved by God so much that God interrupts our plans with a new plan of hope and love and joy and people who love us. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.